Attention. It's time to register for Elusian Live 2024, April 7th through 10th in San Antonio, Texas. Illuminate, innovate, inspire, explore higher education's greatest opportunities with future ready ideas, solutions, and best practices designed to drive transformation. Register now at elive.elusian.com. This conference is going to be epic. By now, you've heard me talk about Insights EDU in Phoenix, Arizona, February 20 through 22nd. Here's why I think you should join us at the Insights EDU conference. It's one of the few conferences focused on helping schools serve today's online and non-traditional students. If you're concerned at all about where your enrollments are going to come from in 2024 and beyond, and you should be concerned, you need to be at this conference. Register now at insightsedu.com and use promo code EDUP to save $50. Prepare to be astonished. Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to add up on the Edup Experience podcast, where we make education your business. This is Dr. Joe Salustio. I've been doing this darn uh, 800 times or so, ladies and gents. When this episode gets released, it'll will be over 800 episodes. To put that into context for you guys, and I don't do this often um, where I get on a soapbox, but I will today. Actually, I kind of do do that often now that I think about it. But we've interviewed over 250 college and university presidents from across the world in our 800 episodes that we've released. Why is that important? Well, we felt nobody was getting to these college presidents the way we could at the EdUp Experience um, to bring the the um, challenges of leadership to the forefront. We're seeing so many changes in and around higher education. This is even post-COVID. COVID's a thing of the past now, unless you just got sick. Uh, but uh, higher education's uh, dance with COVID, where, where we've evolved from it. What happens next? That's what you want to find out from today's leaders. Um, and we're uh, passing now, when this episode gets released, our four-year anniversary with an average of two 200 episodes recorded and released each year, um, interviewing today's amazing leaders at scale. Can anybody else do it? I challenge you. And if you can't, just come on the Edup Experience podcast and we'll make it easier for you. Um, that's uh, one of the things we do here. And one of the things I am most proud of, and I know Elvin is too, is we interview college presidents. And then we say, hey, college president, you probably want to interview somebody who does a job just like yours. So come back once you've been a guest and be my guest co-host. And you can then pick from our list of upcoming guests and say, oh, I would like to talk to that person. And we've got somebody here uh, today. This is the lead in, right? This is the lead in. And he's here and he's one of the very, very few, and I mean few presidents. I think I was sick or my kids were home from school, which is it makes it impossible to record. And I missed his episode and regretted it ever since. Ladies and gentlemen, his name is Dr. Bill Heineman. He is the president at North Shore Community College. Bill, welcome back to an Ed Up Mike. Thank you, Joe, and congratulations. 800 episodes. That's uh, that's incredible. Thank you very much. A lot of talking, right? So it's a it's a miracle that I could keep doing this. I do mess up quite a bit though, because um, that's just what happens here on the Ed Up Experience podcast. We leave in all mistakes, right? Except if you forget your institution's name, which you won't do, right, Bill? How's it going over there? Absolutely not. We will not forget uh, North Shore Community College. Uh, really, really excited to have this opportunity to chat with uh, these two uh, terrific leaders from Oakton College today. Uh, Bill, I'm giving you extra points because typically when I have somebody come back to guest co-host with me, they say something similar like, I'm really excited to interview these guests, but they give the guest names ahead of my introduction. But you did not do that. 
Well done. So let's bring them in now. Uh, without further ado, we're going to bring them one at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, first, we have Ann Brennan. She's the Assistant Vice President for Academic Affairs and College Transitions at Oakton College. Ann, how are you? Hi. I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're, we're excited to have you, and let's get, uh, let's get your president on, too, uh, so we can talk to you both at the same time. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Joanne Smith, she is the president at Oakton College. Joanne, welcome to NetUp Microphone. How are you? I'm great. Happy to be here today. Well, we're, we're really excited to have you ladies here uh, to talk about Oakton College. Um, but Joanne, let's uh, start with you first. Level set for us. Give us the lay of the land. Where is Oakton College? Uh, what do you do, and how do you do it? Sure. Oakton College is in the northwest suburbs of uh, the Chicago land area. Um, we serve about 485,000 residents. Um, we're a comprehensive community college offering students over 100 programs um, from short-term certificate programs um, to associate programs that transfer to four-year universities. Um, we have a very diverse uh, student population, which is one of our core strengths. Um, over 50% of our students um, identify as uh, students of color um, from historically minoritized uh, communities. In 2020, we were recognized as an anapesi uh, serving institution, the first community college in Illinois um, to receive that distinction. About 24% of our students identify as Asian American or Pacific Islander students. 70% of our students are part-time. Um, so they are a working adults um, trying to balance schools and lives. And so, um, so much of what we focus on is really providing um, access uh, to students and an individualized experience that allows them to meet their goals, whatever the, they might be. Thank you for that. And Anne, I want to go right over to you because your title struck me um, when I was pulling you up and I go, okay, Assistant Vice President for Academic Affairs and that's the second part, and college transitions. And I was going, okay, what is this college transitions part of your job? And why is that so important to Oakton College? Well, I think about um, uh, everything that students bring to us before they come in and want to transition into us and everything they'll want to transition out of our college into another space. So I'm always connecting those two experiences. So in, uh, in a lot of cases in District 535, students are starting to do our own coursework. So the early college program reports through me and we're out in nine public high schools and, a and two privates and we're teaching our um, over 4,000 enrollments a year uh, in uh, college courses while they're in high school. And then I also talk with them about how other early college experiences like the advanced placement program or the international baccalaureate would also count for us and we try and communicate that out to them. And then I am responsible for making transfer partnerships. And that's what we're gonna concentrate on in our conversation today, I think, uh, one of those transfer partnerships. Amazing. And Joy, uh, before I pass it to you, Bill, I gotta go back to you, uh, Joanne, just for a second before we get into the partnership part of this. And I think you said 435,000 residents are somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And um, over a hundred, yeah. yeah, right. Over a hundred programs. That's a lot, right? One of the things in higher ed that you'll hear is you can't be all things to all people. But one of the demands on community colleges is to be all things to all people, because who else is going to offer these if right. you don't? Um, how do you balance that from a leadership angle 
programs we have to have, programs we, we maybe want to have, employer, uh, agency saying we need you to do this, and you go, oh, I guess we got to do that too. How do you keep all that in balance, knowing that you're, bal you're, you're looking at finances at the same time, you're balancing budgets, state funding, all those things come into play? It's a really good question, and I think that is one of the beauties and one of the challenges of community colleges. But uh, the most important thing is that we are the community's college, so it's really paying attention to our community and the changing needs of, needs of our community. So we use data, both qualitative and quantitative, um, to inform what programs um, we need to be responsive uh, to the communities that we serve. You know, our current strategic plan, um, we're in the second year of our strategic plan, it's called Vision 2030, Building Just and Thriving Communities. We were very intentional about not just being focused on students, but focusing on the community that we serve. Um, so we speak to uh, current employers in the district trying to understand what do they need? How can we serve them? Um, and making sure that our programs are responsive to those needs, having advisory boards um, from industry leaders to help inform our curriculum. Um, and then looking at the changing demographics in our community, um, trying to in find out what do students need. And so we're constantly evolving, um, creating new innovative programming um, and looking at what programs meet um, our community um, and will help us all build just and thriving communities. Epic. Bill, over to you. Thanks, Joe. Uh, so, Dr. Smith, you have a background in student affairs, and I'm wondering uh, how that uh, sort of influences the way you approach your job uh, as president. I think that being um, a student affairs practitioner prior to becoming the president um, really allows me to center the voices of students um, in all that we do. Um, one of the things that I think Oakton prides itself on um, is having students at the center of all of our work. They are the core. Um, and so I think that background from student affairs um, really helps um, inform that approach. Having worked with students directly um, and helping them manage all of the things um, that students experience while in school, many of them not academic related, um, honestly, um, helps inform um, the wraparound and holistic student supports that um, I think um, are important in order for our students um, to be successful. And uh, what would you say is sort of the, the biggest change you notice uh, in your students since you started in the presidency? Biggest change? Um, I think our students' lives have become even more complicated. You know, I think that the percentage of our students who are part-time, I think, has grown. Um, the age of our students um, increases. Um, even those that are direct out of high school, many of them are leading adult lives, um, even though their age might not be uh, defined as that post-traditional adult. Um, and so I think um, the complexity of students' lives um, has grown. Yeah, really, uh, really amazing world they live in um, these days and, and trying to be college students. Right. They're, they're often parents working or supporting parents um, while also trying to um, obtain a certificate or a credential in order to move on in their career pathway. We talk about that all the time about students and needs and, and it's we don't say enough the environment like the cost of goods is more. Mm -hmm. Cost of gas, right. the, you know, the supply chain disruptions that we still feel. You try to go buy a house now, mm -hmm. wood's more expensive and interest rates are high. And so everything that surrounds a student is more expensive, which makes partnerships 
and transitions, if you will, you like that, uh, like what I'm doing here. Uh-huh. Um, so much more important. And you, you, I know you want to talk about a particular, um, I don't know the word, transition partnership um, that you've developed at Oakton College. And I want to give you the opportunity to bring that up and talk about it. Well, we were very excited uh, when uh, Northwestern University, who has been a partner with us for a number of years on a number of transfer-related um, partnerships, uh, talked to us about making a very specific uh, guaranteed admission partnership uh, in transfer to their School of Professional Studies, which they started uh, about 30 years ago to offer their fine education to students who wanted to be part-time, because that's not the typical uh, Northwestern experience part-time. Northwestern is there among the elite schools uh, teaching full-time students uh, in a very rigorous curriculum, but it's the same rigorous curriculum and it has been offered through their School of Professional Studies and they um, uh, offered us as the institution, we're in their district, we're both in what we think of as District 535, (laughs) which ranges from Evanston out to Des Plaines where we sit um, and includes many different communities. Um, And we send them more and have sent them more transfer students in their history than any other community college because probably because it's easier to learn about Northwestern and maybe believe about it more when you're so close to it. So I, uh, they began to talk to us about it and we were excited to um, help that happen again. We have sent a lot of students to Northwestern over the years, and they wanted to define it. In the meantime, they also had uh, many faculty at Northwestern who have been talking about honoring transfer students, and particularly students from community colleges. So there have been faculty from both institutions who have been working together probably over the last two and a half to three years. We've been sending our curriculum They've been evaluating it and they've been listing out on their website how it would transfer and fulfill coursework. And that's for all of their programs, because, of course, the School for Professional Studies teaches all those courses. So they've done a lot of work. And now this agreement allows us to show students a pathway from Oakton straight into Northwestern. um, And students have been very excited about that idea. Yeah, um, over to you, Joanne. How, how important was this to you and to the staff at Oakton to to, to ink this um, deal with Northwestern, n- knowing that they hadn't, right? They didn't had an agreement like this in place before. It was significant for a number of reasons. One, you know, Northwestern is a top ten um, institution, and for many in our district, it is an aspirational goal um, that for for many students feels out of reach. So this puts it in reach. Um, Northwestern has never had a transfer um, agreement with any institution, so it was the first. Um, And so we were incredibly proud of that. Um, I should say, even before um, this partnership, um, we created a partnership agreement with Northwestern for a subset um, of Northwestern students through the Northwestern Prison Education Program. Um, They teach um, a, a program in Stateville Correctional Facility, one of the 
maximum security prisons here in Illinois. Um, and they partnered with Oakton to offer an associate's degree to students at Stateville on their pathway um, to earning their bachelor's degree at Northwestern. So that was the first uh, partnership agreement that we uh, had with them. Um, and we've graduated two cohorts of students through the associate degree program in November. The first group of those students completed their bachelor's degree um, from Northwestern University, the first top 10 university in the country um, to award a baccalaureate degree to incarcerated individuals. So that was our first partnership with Northwestern. And then this transfer partnership um, followed several years after. That is amazing. Bill. So, and uh, tell us where this agreement with Northwestern fits in sort of the larger ecosystem of, of transfer relationships you have. Where do, where do most of your students go when they transfer? You know, that's a great question about Oakton. Um, many community colleges have one big school they send all their students to. And I would have to say Oakton has five big schools, <laughs> then another 15 pretty big destinations for our students, and then dozens and dozens, if not a hundred other destinations in a given year. When we look at the output from, and I was just asking for an update from research about that, when we look for the top five, they're gonna, they are, they always have included the University of Illinois at Champaign-Urbana, uh, DePaul University, University of Illinois at Chicago, um, and uh, Northeastern, Northeastern Illinois University. And that's where we, those four keep taking uh, different places. And then there's a nursing school that also gets a lot of our RNs in, in big ways. Um, and so we, uh, we've looked at that, but we can't just make agreements with them because in the next part of the list where there's 15 other institutions over a five to 10 year period, we're sending uh, double digit numbers to another 15 to 20 institutions every year for over a period of 10 years. So right now we have over 30 institutions that we have uh, transfer agreements with. And um, they are, they range from guaranteed admission to uh, scholarship uh, programs for our honors uh, tracks to program-specific agreements that sometimes come with scholarships and sometimes come with the ability to, to study there before they transfer. Um, most of them uh, include uh, the offer of the four-year institutions to advise the students while they go through our, our college. We're so close to so many institutions that we you know, make uh, partnerships that allow our students to come and visit or maybe even take courses during the summer at some sort of a negotiated price because financial aid isn't always that easy to share. Um, and so they really range and we try and make students uh, learn about it in a lot of ways, but one way is we try and connect our websites with their websites and our events with their events so that we're putting things up there for students who are in the community college to be able to think about while they're busy earning their grades with us and make progress to the next place. Sounds like a tremendous amount of variety to manage. Uh, you know, besides, besides trying to use your website really efficiently, do you have other tricks you can share with the audience about how you manage so many 
different schools with so many different aspects to the agreement? It's fuzzy math. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that um, the best ways that I've seen it is really connecting your faculty to their faculty, because then it even infiltrates the classroom. Uh, all of our agreements involve our faculty uh, and they sometimes initiate them. So for instance, we have an agreement with Lake Forest uh, College that was initiated by our environmental studies faculty here and our environmental studies faculty here I or there. I've always said that it just takes two faculty to make a partnership or make a transfer agreement. Of course, it has to go through a lot of other, but that's where it can often start. And we've had that happen over and over again at Oakton. We're known in the state of Illinois as not the biggest college, but we do send um, the most transfer students year after year, not the most, not more than the big colleges. But um, when you compare us, our population has been interested as uh, in transfer as part of uh, Oakton for its history. Mm -hmm. Something to be proud of. Yeah, jo Joanna, come back over to you because I I do a quick Google search on you I, or Google stalking, depending on you know your perspective. No, I did, and um, I, I was going through some of the articles that you that you've written for the Evolution, and eight years ago, you wrote an article called "How Students and Administrators Can Transform the Transfer Experience." You, I don't know if you remember the content in it, but I gave it a quick look. Um, can you recite it word for word for me? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm um, trying to remember what I said. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't think it matters. But the fact is, eight years ago, you were thinking about how to transform the student transfer experience, right? And you were writing an article about how eight years later, now, as you're talking about this, you're talking about this partnership with Northwestern, all the work, Anne's position, the title, mm -hmm. the nature of the title by itself says focus mm -hmm. transition. Right? Do you think that you're achieving that? that you're transforming the transfer experience for students at Oakton to, to make it easier, clearer, more accessible? I, I do think so. And you know, if you look at our current strategic plan, there's only three pillars. Um, one of them is strengthening students' Oakton experience, which really is this whole transition piece, making sure that students as they transition in, experience Oakton while they're here and then transition out um, is very intentional and seamless for students. You, you pointed to Anne's position. We didn't have uh, an assistant vice president for academic affairs and college transitions eight years ago. Um, Anne has really been instrumental in helping us build both the early college um, program at the front end, as well as um, develop innovative transfer partnerships like the one with Northwestern. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. For a third straight year, the EdUp Experience will be recording live at Elysian Live 2024, this year in San Antonio, Texas, April 7th through the 10th, illuminate, innovate, and inspire. That's the framework for the conference. Leaders from institutions around the world will converge at Lucian Live 2024 to discover game-changing technology, share industry insights, and build powerful connections. It's time to explore higher education's greatest opportunities with future-ready ideas, solutions, and best practices designed to drive transformation. You can register now at elive.elucian.com. Epic. Oh, yeah. You've heard me talk about the Insights EDU conference. Well, let me tell you three reasons why I think everyone listening should join us in Phoenix, Arizona on February 20 through 22nd for Insights EDU. One, it's one of the few conferences focused on helping schools serve today's online and non-traditional students. Two, 
you can expect a mix of speakers you won't hear anywhere else, including higher ed leaders from Google, LinkedIn, Adobe, and more. And reason three, Insights EDU has an agenda packed with sessions discussing the latest trends in higher ed leadership, marketing, and enrollment management. Register now at insightsedu.com and use promo code EDUP to save $50 off your registration. Oh, yeah. And if you're, what, what advice do you give if you're thinking about what you have all achieved at Oakton? Somebody who's coming in, maybe in a position similar to yours, that is going to help manage these transitions. Transitions is such a broad word when you think about okay. students and all the, all the stuff they bring in with them, all the stuff they want to go out with. Um, how do you pull this together? Where did you start? Um, <laughs> you know, blank canvas. Did you go, okay, this is the starting point, or right? maybe I have to start at the end and work backwards. What's your advice for somebody who might be in a similar role, trying to streamline transfer to community college or otherwise <laughs> to get to the level that, that you're at? Well, it did take a whole lot of, um, a whole lot of change of the academy, if you will. When I started, uh, I started out in California and California was doing it really well. California was, and I started a long time ago. I, I'm just, I'm looking at my retirement at the end of this year. Yes, <laughs> so asking me that question is really interesting to me because I remember back in the eighties, I'll take myself back to there, that California was already articulating all the credit from their community colleges to the University of California system, yeah. which was ranked among the best in the world. And they were they were accepting all of the credit. And I, I was at the University of Southern California, not a, not a public college, a private college. And it was the receiver of the most transfer students of any research one institution in the United States back in the eighties. And that wasn't by accident. They needed to compete with UCLA and Berkeley and they were taking the transfer students. Mm -hmm. So USC got busy and started talking to those associate or those uh, associate degree granting institutions and saying, okay, we'll take all the credit that UC takes too. And they had already begun that, that early. In Illinois, we weren't doing that. When I returned to Illinois, that activity was underway, right? And so my work in transfer began my, like I would say, if in any way you're noticing at a college that all the students aren't coming out of high school anymore, they're coming from a lot of different levels and with a lot of different background, that would right now start to pay attention to that. And you know, at Oakton right now, we're grappling with the concept of not just giving transfer credit from the last place that you went to, but what did you learn anywhere? Can we give you credit for what you've learned before? So we're really expanding this concept of transitioning what you learned before and bringing it into us so that we can, and I'm particularly listening and I if there's any university people listening to this, to accept that credit when they move from us. If we give people credit for training that they got that wasn't from a traditional college, but we've proven that, that it's the level of college credit, we're hoping that stays in the record, continues on for students, is honored when they move to the next place. So that's this whole transition like, mm -hmm 
business now, I think. Once upon a time, it was transfer credit and articulating credit and putting it on a website or joining Transferology in Illinois. You know, that's where we all put our transfer credit so that you could load up your transcript. And those are all great things. And if you're working on any of that kind of stuff, you're doing the work that needs to be done because today's college graduate does not graduate normally without bringing credit from somewhere else. And that is, again, over a career, that wasn't it back in the USC was special. It was accepting all these transfer students and had a big effort going into that. A lot more colleges do that today, a lot more universities. And now we have to expand it, I think, the next step, which is to really recognize issues of competence and of training that's really springing up in, in so many ways all over the country and in, especially online. So again, we're we're continuing to evolve. And I think, you know, that under uh, President Smith's leadership, um, she really has had that idea in her mind. She did lead the institution in, in us moving in this direction in, a, in lots of ways that are very equity focused. And that has been uh, true of her leadership. That's a fact. That's a fact. You know, a couple of <laughs> comments, uh, a couple of comments about what you said. Um, I worked in Southern California for uh, four years at an institution and everything that California does policy wise is to keep their kids and students within the state of California. Right. Mm -hmm. That that the way the transfer credit system is. Um, why California doesn't join NC Sarah and make, make state reciprocity easier because they don't want to make it easier for you to come get their kids. They they don't, uh, and, and they're adults. It, and, and you, I worked at an online institution. I had to go to every single state um, and try to get reciprocity for online students. Anyway, so everything is designed to make that um, uh, transition from community college to four-year university easy. So you don't even need to look outside the state. And a lot of That's kids right. don't. That's why they have hundreds of thousands of mm -hmm. students uh, within both systems. So what you say is so right. They've, they've really done a good job of making sure that they stay in state. And I don't think there's a state out there that doesn't want their student population to stay in state. So, but you're right. And the academy can be difficult sometimes when you start looking at things like credit transfer and prior learning assessment. Prior learning assessment for those that go, oh, my learning outcomes are exactly the same as these, and I'm going to take those credits, is very different than I took these five online courses, and I need to really look at this, and yeah, it could satisfy these credits. Do I want them to satisfy these credits? I could say uh -huh. no if I want to. Do I really want them? So there's so much, subject. It's, it's subjective, too, depending on who's looking, what you get, and that's a hard thing to get over. Anyway, a couple, a couple comments, and something we all have to deal with, because if credit transfer isn't easy, if you're not going to, by the way, we're all accredited by the same folks. Folks, why the credits mm -hmm. can't transfer is the biggest mystery within higher ed that somebody from Oakton College and you go to this four year and they go, well, that one right there, we're not going to take it. Well, probably accredited by this one of the regional, what used to be regional accreditors. They all talk, have the same standards. Where's the craziness in this, right? It's a, it's still a little bit of the Wild West that we live in, especially with non-credit credentials coming in. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot to deal with. And it's a, a huge source of frustration for students. Um, and when we focus on equity, 
um, time and money um, that is lost for students. And so these transfer partnerships and credit transfers, so important um, to ensure that students are able to finish um, a degree um, in not a lot of time and not lose money along the way. 100%. And uh, for anybody who's hanging out there, any college, university, you know, groups that are not on board with trying to make transferring and accepting the credit from other institutions, they should read about the fact that in Illinois holds particularly the lead in our transfer students who get uh, bachelor's degrees after they transfer. They do it at a higher rate than most of the country. Mm -hmm. And um, in general, if you look at, we look at our top destination schools, I haven't seen all of the data, but I have seen uh, it enough to know that um, transfer students with associate degrees graduate at a higher rate Native than students, students who start as freshmen at universities, generally. Ah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we are a valuable market for <laughs> universities. And again, Northwestern recognizes this. They, after, it just wasn't their mission. They weren't, they, they don't need to admit this transfer population to make their, uh, you know, they're feel their bet, right? Right. <laughs> they turn down so many students all the account. time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it is. They really did it for other very good reasons, and I, I think that we even the elite institutions will, if they are not already doing it, and a lot of small, you know, liberal arts uh, or you know, private institutions who haven't really needed to think about uh, because of their reputation, because of their their popular. They haven't needed to think about this population that doesn't start right after high school, that ends up preparing be somewhere else before they come. And yeah, there's, yeah, you know, Bill, I, this is probably true for you too. You know, one of the, um, I would say good, good consequences that can come from competition. Um, and when I say competition, not just university to university, I mean, whether a college degree has value and should I go to college, right? Because that's the biggest competition that's out there is that institutions go, well, I might need more students or I need to fill my future pipeline or I need to start thinking about these other populations that I could serve. So I need to make credit transfer easier, right? Because I just don't, I, I, my classes aren't full and there's a line so I could go, well, we'll take that one and not that one. It's, I want as big of a line as I can have. So I better start looking at my policies to see how I make it easier for students. Is that true in your area too, Bill? And, and some of the things that they're saying uh, at Oakton? Yeah, it, it absolutely is. I think everybody's recognizing that the higher ed landscape is really changing. Certainly in this part of the country, the traditional age uh, college demographic is shrinking. Um, and and there's also this tremendous need in our communities for, um, for adults that do not have post uh, high school training or education of some kind. Um, there's all these opportunities out there, really good paying jobs doesn't always require a bachelor's degree or even an associate degree. Um, so yeah, there's a growing recognition of it. And there's still a lot of old thinking in, in some institutions um, that they, they think they're protecting themselves by, by trying to keep, keep people out. And it's, it's really, it, it's not very logical in 2024. Yikes. 
So as we get to um, the future for Oakton, right? So you've you've gotten this partnership together. By the way, what was the before I go? What was the reaction from the students to both you guys? I mean, did it go? Oh, did somebody go? Oh my God! I never thought I could go to Northwest. You know, I mean, what what did you get? What did momentum did it create? A lot of momentum. I mean, our students are very excited. Our community is excited. I think I heard from our uh, college marketing team that it was in terms of our social media, it, it yeah, was the that, most shared. That team better be excited. Yeah, it was It was the most shared um, article um, this past year that there was a lot of excitement from students and community members and saw possibility. And I, was, that? I was, I'm sorry, I was contacted by an alumnus who had gone through Oakton, gone to SPS and gotten a degree and wanted to say she had seen it and was so excited that her experience was now sort of codified or really well described for students to follow. Love that. That's amazing. Bill, you have any uh, other questions for uh, Anne or Joanne before we get to our final two? So uh, Dr. Smith, um, I, if I'm doing my math right, you're, you're gonna be finishing up your ninth year as a president um this year amazing that is hard to believe but yes <laughs> and and yeah it, it actually is amazing because the le average length of, of college presidencies is shrinking year by year there's a lot of a lot of attention being paid to um to college presidents these days um how are you doing uh in your ninth year and how do you keep um yourself really um engaged and excited about the work uh, all good questions. I really can't believe it will be the end of my ninth year. Um, it goes back to what I said earlier. It's about staying focused on the students. Um, that, um, you know, the reason I show up every day is to provide um, a high quality Oakton experience for all of our students. So if I'm having a tough day, I walk out into the cafeteria and spend some time with students. Um, they ground me. Um, Anne knows this. I start meetings with what I call uh, an Oakton experience moment where we center a, a student experience to remind us all um, of the reason that we're here. Our students' pictures and stories um, are on the walls in our boardroom to ground our work. So it really is about being student-centered. Um, that's what keeps me in the game every day. And no two days are alike. Um, so um, it is a constant challenge. I like to solve problems. And so um, I, I'm proud to continue to, to lead Oakton almost nine years later. Well, congratulations on a, a fantastic run so far. Thank you. By the way, I love that starting uh, with a student uh, experience. Because it, you know, when you do that, and I've done it before, and it, it's hard to stay consistent. You have to be really intentional to to find that student story and bring it up. It's actually a lot. Of, it's very hard, um, because you want to have these meetings, quick meetings, and whatever. And sometimes when you start with a student story, it puts things into perspective for the a person who's coming to the meeting that has some major issue that really isn't that major compared to the student mm -hmm. that like went through literally snow and ice to get to class to get you right. know it's like oh well i'm not getting enough resources i don't have enough chairs i need a new mm -hmm. office chair yeah. it's like okay mm -hmm. really um so i think that's a great piece of advice um to all leaders current and aspiring out there is to make sure that you always frame it uh, in in and from the eyes of a student, because that that is real hard work um, going through that. And we know today's community colleges are serving students that are one bill away from quitting. Yeah. And Anne, I want to talk about that with you real fast before I get to my final two questions. Um, so much of of what 
you do in transitions is managing retention, right? I mean, there's going to be times when somebody goes, oh, I don't know what to do with this and what do I do? And you show them the path of a transition. Um, and instead of quitting, I see the path, right? I, I, I The path needs to be clear to me or else... Un, you know, the, it becomes unclear and the, the uncertainty overwhelms my self-confidence and all of a sudden I quit. So crystallizing and clarifying the transitions and the pathways, is that an important part so I could see it and believe it? Yeah, we really believe in that here. And I don't think we're alone. We're, you know, as a state, Illinois is a pathway, what they call a pathway state. Um, but here at Oakton, we have really strived and we had to move from an old model old to a new model and um it was under president smith's leadership we are putting students on what we call an educational plan in other words a pathway toward either the job you want when you leave here or the job you want eventually and how do you get there with this learning that we're teaching you and so if you looked in the oakton catalog which is on our website you would see that we have shown you a pathway and we call it pre-majors because we don't have majors at community colleges. But if you take our general education core plus some with some very specific uh, recommendations by faculty that have been linked to the next place, then the next place could be a lot of places. You're not going to find yourself only having prepared to go to one place. So I think... That's one of the things that Oakton really has done to meet this need to um, make sure you don't lose any money in the transfer process, that you get all your credit uh, um, honored. And in and Illinois as a state, again, and I think because I spent time in California and I'm in these conversations around, you know, uh, that a lot of a lot of places are doing this and I think students should feel optimistic. I see I see a lot of stories about students who don't get their credit and it seems to me that that calls colleges to task and should. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of it, I just mentioned earlier that you know more students graduate from college with students for credit than graduate as having started as freshmen in general. So uh, I think that there's every reason to believe that your credit will be accepted. And one more thing that I would say is community colleges want to accept all your credit, including Oakton, right? We, if you have earned something before, you don't have to worry if it got a bad grade. We don't really care. We really are here to meet you where you are. And that's really become, I think, a, a loud message of the community college. This isn't, uh, not eligible for you. It's eligible for everybody, right? We can meet you where you are in your education, but we take it pretty uh, seriously that we want to make sure you know how to get on to the next level. So we spelled it out in your advising portal, on the website and in catalog and with these partnerships and these pathways. Um, Something tells me you challenged a few policies along the way. And uh... <laughs> A couple have been. A couple That's have all been. good work. That's all That's good work. Right. That's progress. That's right. Yes. Well, let's uh, let's uh, hit our final two questions, and I'll start with you. What else do you want to say about Oakton? And tell me what you see for the future of higher education. 
I'm delighted because Oakton's enrollment continues to grow and it has for the past, uh, I think, two years. And that was a change that made us all hold our breath for a while. And we wondered if these these big, um, you know, uh, headlines. Uh, and I was just reading, you know, the New York Times headline about is college worth it? Um, and it gave up. There's a big section in there. And the answer continues to be yes. And I agree. Uh, I for the future, I think Oakton um, is really on a great path to take what has been a really great first 50 years and build into it what the next 50 should be in higher ed. They're paying attention to a lot of the best things. Who are we serving and who are we not serving? And let's go after those we haven't been serving to make sure that they know about us. And so I think that the future of education is going to have to be like what we're doing. I don't feel I'm not getting I'm not retiring because I'm pessimistic. I'm retiring because I've worked enough. So <laughs> I I want to right. continue to education to encourage people. Um, and it is a great field uh, and it is uh, to work in. And I believe that I used to joke that I used to sit at the transfer table at the cafeteria all by myself. And now everybody's at the transfer table. It's very popular. So um, I think that is going to continue and, and it will become even, uh, we'll, I think we'll lead the world as we have in higher ed uh, in a new way um, that we need to. Yeah, I'm not so sure uh, Dr. Joanne Smith is going to let you go that easy, but I think that's a conversation <laughs> for another podcast. Uh, uh, Joanne, same questions to you. What else do you want to say about Oakton, and um, what do you see for the future of higher education? What else do I want to say about Oakton? I think we're a fabulous place that's really leaning into our mission um, and our, our vision to, to serve our community. And as Anne said, um, really focusing on uh, who we're serving and who we're not and being very intentional about ensuring access to a high quality education for everybody that lives in our district. Um, and in particular, those who might not have thought that higher education was for them. That's really a, a significant focus for us and honoring their uh, lived experience when they come to us. So that credit for prior learning that Anne was talking about, a big piece of that is, is honoring folks' lived experience and what they know um, and valuing that when they come to us. So I, I see the future of higher ed um, in really serving those students that we've not always served. Um, and that's really how as a country, I think we'll build um, truly just and thriving communities. Uh, we need educated citizens in order for us all to thrive and for our democracy uh, to survive. So um, I think we play a critical role in that. And I think community colleges in particular serve that role given who we serve. I agree. Uh, Bill, what'd you think of this conversation today? I think it's a, a fantastic conversation. I would say amen and amen to both of what uh, Anne and Joanne said. Uh, about you know the role of our institutions and uh, and the future. I think in many ways community colleges are the future of higher ed in the U.S. Well, there he is, ladies and gentlemen, my guest co-host. He's Dr. Bill Heineman. He is the president at North Shore Community College. You can catch him on, I don't remember what the episode number was. It was 400 maybe or 500 <laughs> in there somewhere. Um, but uh, if you look up William Heineman Ed Up, it comes right up and you could listen to what he had to say about North Shore. Uh, but on this episode, we had two amazing guests, one with the best title I've heard in a long time. Here she is. Her name is Ann Brennan. She is 
the Assistant Vice President of Academic Affairs and College Transitions. And thank you for coming on and giving all the great advice that you did. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And ladies and gentlemen, there she is, Dr. Joanne Smith, President of Oakton College. Both from Oakton College representing today. Uh, ladies, did you have a good time on the podcast talking about Oakton and the great work that you do? We did. Thanks for the conversation and the invitation. Anytime. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, you've just ed-upped. Attention. It's time to register for Elusian Live 2024, April 7th through 10th in San Antonio, Texas. Illuminate, innovate, inspire, explore higher education's greatest opportunities with future-ready ideas, solutions, and best practices designed to drive transformation. Register now at elive.elucian.com. This conference is going to be epic. Hey there, higher ed leaders. Are you thinking about joining the EdUp Experience podcast at Insights EDU on February 20th through 22nd in Phoenix, Arizona? 100%. I thought so. This is the go-to event for higher education marketing and enrollment management. At Insights EDU, you'll gain cutting-edge insights from industry experts, including speakers from companies like Google, LinkedIn, Adobe, Salesforce, and more. Become the transformational leader your campus needs by participating in discussions on important topics like online student demands and preferences, increasing affordability and accessibility, branding, measuring marketing performance, and much more. Insights EDU is the conference you need to attend in 2024. Register now at insightsedu.com and use the code EDUP to save $50 off your registration.